I want to speak to you this morning on, you know, talk about going through things. We all go through something in life. And uh, sometimes we can feel like when we're going through things, we're stuck. Have you ever been stuck? Have you ever been stuck in traffic? I remember when the, my eldest daughter, she was about 10 months old, and we decided we were very inexperienced in taking children away, and we decided to go on a trip. We went down to Cornwall, which, uh, if you're not from the UK, it's probably about a six-hour journey. With a little one in the back, the journey was going great until we got stuck in traffic after about five hours. And uh, we, we were probably in traffic for about another three and a half, four hours and there was a screaming child in the back, and we didn't know what to do. We were, we were lacking the experience. It was very frustrating. But I always remembered that experience of being stuck in traffic with a screaming child in the back. And I'm sure I've been stuck in traffic before, like many of you. And, you know, you've probably forgotten about those experiences where you've been stuck in traffic. See, the thing is, we can be stuck for a while, but actually, we all come through. You know, when you were stuck in traffic, there's no one out there right now who's been stuck in traffic for the last 10 years. You know, the traffic eventually goes and the person moves on and they get through to wherever they're going to go. And, you know, and it's the same in life. We all go through things. We can all get stuck. And what appears like can be, you know, forever and ever. Very often when we're in pain, it can feel like a long, long time. So I want to speak to you about getting through and, um, you know, whatever, whatever you, you might be stuck in a situation right now. You might be stuck in a relationship that you don't want to be in or, you know, an abusive relationship. I want to share some things with you today that I believe can help you come through. I want to read a scripture. It's from uh, David he writes this, it's a well-known scripture, Psalm 23, and he talks about God being his shepherd. Now, David was a shepherd. He looked after sheep and he reflected on you know, his own experience and, and, and how he saw God as a shepherd, just as he shepherded. And he reflected on what he was doing for the sheep that God had done for him. And I want to read from Psalm verse uh, 1. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. What a great thought that is. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You see, we can read here, it says, even though I walk through the valley. You know, we've all got valleys. This whole thing at the moment of um, the coronavirus, you know, for us, as an, as not just as, as individuals, but us as a nation and the world are in a valley. It's a dark experience for many people. You know, the reality of it is some people are going to die. We can't avoid that. But I want to share another scripture that I believe helps us, can help us get through our valleys, help us get through the things that we feel stuck in. And it's from 2 Corinthians 1 verse 7. It says, our hope for you. It's Paul writing to people that are going through things. 
He says, our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our suffering, you'll also share in our comfort. I want to highlight three things from that just very quickly. It says our hope. You know, we have a hope. There's a hope in this world. And it says this, for you is firm. There's a hope that is available for people. Whether you believe or not, it is available for all people. A hope that is firm so that we can build our lives on. It doesn't wobble. It doesn't change. There's a firm foundation. And it says this. This is what I want to speak about today. Because we know. Because we know. Paul's saying we have a hope that is firm because we know. You know, if you're a believer, you're listening in, you know some things. I want to encourage you in the things that you know today. What you believe. More importantly, in the one who you believe in. You see, what we know gets us through. You know, when I remember being in high school, you know, um, revising for uh, GCSEs. They weren't GCSEs then, but the GCSEs, um, and you had to put in the work. What you knew got you through that exam. The the less you knew got you a a lower mark. It got you through, but you didn't achieve um, as high as other people if they knew more see what you know gets you through and I want to share some things about knowing I want to share that you know the Bible teaches that it, knowledge you know it, it, it's foolish not to know things not to learn things and we need to not ignore some things in this world we need to acknowledge you know what is real we need to acknowledge the facts and things that are happening we don't need to ignore them I uh, listened recently to a a story of a famous explorer, Hudson, and just as he was about to set off, his mother said to him, we've all had our mothers or an elder saying something to us. Being a younger one, we think, what do you know? But his mother said to him, Hudson, don't forget to wear your life jacket. And Hudson just turned and kind of, yes, mom, I don't know if he exactly said that, but he didn't want to listen to the advice of his mother. And when he went on the journey, as he was journeying through difficult times, he was going through something, there was a huge storm that he was facing, and Hudson all of a sudden had the realisation that actually it was important not to him to ignore some things that he'd been told. Yes, he had faith and he trusted in God, But actually, the reality of it was, he also had common sense that God asks us to use. And it's the same for each of us. We're being given common sense at the moment, you know, precautions to make. We don't ignore them. You know, Hudson eventually put his life jacket on. He realized it was good for him to do that thing. It was good to do the things that, you know, the practical things. But it was also good for him to continue to put faith in God. Now... So I'll just share some facts that we know about this virus at the moment. We know, you know, it's a pandemic. We know through what the scientists and people are telling us that, and from history that actually it's a, um, it, it produces what's called a bowel, a bowel curve. Now, if we know that, I want to encourage you. We know 
from history, we know from the experts that this is not going to last forever. Scientists have studied pandemics over the years, and that's the general pattern. Now, for many people, there's going to be many people in this world who are going to suffer because we do know that this is a difficult thing to deal with. We do know at the moment they do not have an antidote, so there are people that are going to pass away. So it's important that we do the things that we need to do. We don't ignore these things. We listen to those in authority. We listen to the expertise. Don't listen to everybody. There's many things out there you can listen to. Listen to what the government is saying. Don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the conspiracy theories. It won't, they're not firm foundations. You know, things that are being said, you don't know if they're factual or true. You know, they, they can make you wobble. Listen to the facts, listen to the truth, listen to what the authorities, and you know, probably they've, you know, authorities over, especially over the, the last few years, have had a difficult time with elections, and you know, they've been face to face, it's not been a great time, and it's difficult to trust these people, we become very sceptical, but I believe we, in this time, we need to trust in the government, and we need to trust in what they're doing, okay, that doesn't not, does not mean that we don't put our faith in God, and I'm going to go on to that in a second, you know, the difficulty with going through things, what I find, I don't know about you, but when I'm learning something new, very often I get nervous. You know, I remember learning to drive a car probably 30, nearly 28 years ago for the first time getting in a car and, and, and all of a sudden I'm having to put my hand on the, on the gear stick and I'm having to put my hand on the steering wheel and, I'm, and there's pedals and then there's looking out where I'm going and there's all of these things that are happening and going on. I'm, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And there was so many things to learn. There were so many new things. I just became quite anxious. And many of us, when we learn something new, you know, when we meet people for the first time, we don't know if how they're going to respond. They, they, we don't know if they're going to like us. So we, be, can't, we can be nervous, try new things. This right now, what we're going through, is a new thing as a country, individually, but as a nation. And we can become quite anxious and nervous. But I want to encourage you, some things we do know. I've shared some of the facts we do know pandemics, they, they rise and they go back down again. We do know that people will die, unfortunately. But we also not know this, that not everybody is going to die. And we know actually that it's not going to affect the younger people. So it's important that we live by the, um, the things that the government are asking us to do. Okay? But when we go through something new, we can get nervous we can get anxious when we're doing new things. And it's the same with this right now. It's normal to be like that. But this is what I want to encourage you to do. Put your trust in the evidence of what you do know, the truth. Because it's that that will give you a firm foundation. I want to share another scripture because the Bible helps us to get through things. God gives us um, insight on how we can get through this as a believer. And, um, you know, we, we have wobbles, we have difficulties, you know, we all go through valleys that we wonder what's happening, new things, new experiences in life, you know, painful experiences at times, we, we struggle through them. But God wants to encourage us in and through all things. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. It's Paul speaking again 
to people who were going through something. And he says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. You know, compared to eternity, the, th- the things that we go through now, they're not very long. I think the message version says, you know, let us not give up. It talks about these troubles being like small potatoes. Sounds like the potatoes I grow. They don't seem to grow very big. They seem to be very small. But it says it won't last very long. It says this though, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our eyes, sorry, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, Paul is sending some great encouragement. He's writing a letter. He hasn't got the internet, he hasn't got WhatsApp, he he hasn't got Instagram, you know, whatever, you know, whatever platform we've got today. Paul didn't have that. Paul wrote letters and he's writing a letter to encourage them through their difficulties. He's trying to encourage them not to lose heart, that their spirits would remain steadfast in and through all this. And he's trying to shift their focus from, yes, there's troubles, you know, the reality of life, this is their acknowledging, but he's trying to encourage them to focus on something else that is greater. You know, people often ask me, they'll say to me, you know, where is God in all of this? What's happening? Why, why do these things happen? I've got to admit, I haven't got all the answers. But I do know some things. I know some truth. I do realize that when we read the scriptures, we can find some answers why the earth is in such a mess at times. And I want to share something before we move on. And it's Isaiah 24, verses 5 to 6. And this is from the Good News Bible. It says, The people have defiled the earth by breaking God's laws. And by violating the covenant he made to last forever. So God has pronounced a curse on the earth. Its people are paying for what they have done. Fewer and fewer remain alive. Now the Bible teaches us that God made the earth. And God made it a a wonderful perfect place with no sin. Yet man we read in terms of Adam, sinned against God. That caused the curse to come onto the earth. He rebelled and sin entered and man now lives in the curse. And as continually as Isaiah comes and says and speaks the voice of God, the people have continually, continually rebelled against God. So the world now is a broken place, unfortunately. We live in a broken world. And we've had broken relationships, we have broken, broken people, we have broken finances, we have broken plans, we plan these things but they don't work. And you know the world doesn't always work out the way we think it should work out and it can be very difficult. You know it's people, it's not God, 
It's not the plants. It's not the animals. It's people that have caused sin to come into this world. That's why it's broken. But you know, in all of this, God hasn't given up on us. He's not given up on his world. And one day the Bible promises that Jesus Christ is going to return and restore all things. And wipe away, it says in Revelation, all the tears. That is the promise of God. That is the hope we live in. In the meantime, we live in a broken world. And God is asking us to call on him. To call down God's kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the meantime, as a people of God, we're to rise up to be his voice and to be his hands in this world. So going back to that scripture, Paul gives us, you know, that is the truth of what's happened in this world. But Paul gives us something to help us to get through the things um, of this world. And this, I believe, is the key. It's the key to stability in your life, in our lives, is to focus on unchangeable truth. Things that don't change. That is what gives us a firm foundation. You know, there are a lot of things that change. You change, I change. You know, once you were this big, now you're this big. Um, Some people are still this big. Some people are this big. You know, growing up, your voice changes. You know, once you had a high-pitched voice, then all of a sudden it became a little bit deeper. You know, hormones came in, things happen. It's constant. You're constantly changing. Then you grow older, your body changes again. There's constant change, things happening in our world, around our worlds. We live in a world that's changing. But, you know, there's something that God wants to teach us that doesn't change. Something that is constant, something that is firm. And these are the things that God wants us to know. As Paul says, because we know these things. So I'm going to share just a few thoughts that you can build your life on. No matter what you're in, no matter what you're going through, fix your thoughts on these, these truths. Because I believe they're unchangeable. They don't change. They've been around forever and they'll continue to be around forever. And my first one is this. God sees. And I know it sounds obvious, but actually sometimes we wonder where God is. We wonder if God sees what's happening. We wonder if God sees what we're going through. You know, what somebody did towards me. Does God actually see that? Well, the Bible teaches that he does, that God sees all things and he knows all things. Hebrews um, chapter 4 verse 13 talks about that nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing. That actually we're naked before God and he sees everything and one day we'll give account to God. So nothing in all the world is hidden. God's not surprised at what's going on. God's not surprised at, um, you know, people's behavior in this world. He sees and knows everything. To me, that's a reassuring thing. I know when I gave my life to Jesus Christ um, nearly 20 years ago, before that, I went through some things in life. I lost my father at 16 and Many, many of you know me, you, you know that. But, um, you know, what changed my life was when 
I gave my life to Christ and somebody came and spoke to me and ministered to They prayed for me. And when they prayed for me, they said just two words to me that just, I don't know how it happened. It just impacted my heart and it healed me at that moment. And they just said these two words, God knows. And it was like the Holy Spirit just spoke into me and began to heal my pain. And it it was painful, but God healed me. And I'll never forget, it almost took me back to when I was 16 on that day. I found my dad died and the pain that that it caused. I struggled with it for many years going through life. But God healed me on that day. And God revealed himself to me. And I realized that God knows. The second thing is this. God cares. He really does. He cares when we're going through things. He cares what you're going through and how you're doing and how you're feeling. He cares all about you. You know, as it said about David, it said his rod and his staff, they comfort him. God wants to comfort you in and through all things. Through the, through the, the, the highs and through the lows, God wants to be with you. He's with you anyway, but remind you he's with you. And he's journeying through, through it with you. And he cares for you. What an amazing truth that somebody understands, knows, and cares for you in and through all this. And my third point is this. God has the power. Wow. This excites me. God has the power to change what is going on. God has the power to change the circumstances. God has the power through, through you praying to change what we're praying for. It's amazing. What an amazing thought and truth. Now, does God always change it and do the things that we want? No, because if he did, we'd all be multimillionaires and have everything we want. God knows what's best for us. And actually, God also is able to use it all for good. He's able to use it for good even when we look at it and think, oh, this is not good. God looks and says, I'm going to use this for good. You know, the story of Joseph is an amazing story that just there's so much evil in it, so much envy and jealousy out of people's hearts. But God says, you know, Joseph says to his brothers, God meant it for good. God was working in it. And it's same with us. Whatever you're going through, God has the power to change. So keep trusting in him and circumstances will turn around and also God will change you in and through the process. And the fourth one is this. I touched on it. God is good. He really is good. <laughs> we wonder where he is. We wonder what's happening. Life doesn't, you know, sometimes doesn't feel good. Um, but God is good. It's a truth. And um, God always acts towards us. He acts towards you. He acts towards me. Through his goodness. So keep trusting that God is good and he's using your circumstances for good. And, and the fifth one is this God has a plan. You think, God, what's happening? God, where are you? God, God has a plan. And actually, God's plan is better than my plan. You know, we plan things out and they don't always turn out the way we want them to turn out. You know, I can turn, um, I can try and do things and it doesn't happen. And you think, why? I'm so frustrated. God has a plan and it's better than our plan. 
You know, ultimately his plan was Jesus Christ. His, his plan now is to, is to love you and to change you and transform you into the image of God, into his son. That is his plan for your life. So when you're going through something, don't forget God's plan. God's purpose for your life is to mold you and shape you like Christ. And if we respond in the right way, maybe sometimes the circumstances either won't look as bad as they, we think they are or the circumstances will begin to change because God has used it for good and uh, he's making us like Christ. So he has a plan for your life. And the next one is this, God loves. Wow, it's who he is. Um, the Bible teaches in John that, you know, God is love. And um, this is a truth I want you to remember. God will never stop loving you. I mean, it sounds like a song that does. Maybe I should sing. Will you let me sing? Um, no, I'm not, not letting me sing this morning. But God never, ever stops loving. What a great truth that is to build your life on that God never stops loving you. You know, he, each day he's got love towards you. Not only goodness, not only a, a plan for your life, not only does he care, not only does he see, God is loving you every day. Build your life on that truth, on that promise. It's a firm foundation, is love is constant. You know, our emotions, they go up and down. They lie to us. You know, one day I'm not good, one day I am good. One day I'm brilliant, one day I'm rubbish. You know, we feel like that. You know, I'll do this message now and I'll, I'll walk away and I'll have negative thoughts and I'm thinking I'm no good and condemn. And they're feelings, okay? Doesn't mean they're true. I'll acknowledge them, I'm aware of them. But the truth I have to remind myself is this, God never stops loving me. Woo, what a great promise that is from God. Build your life on that truth. You're loved no matter what you're in, no matter what you're going through, that is a firm foundation. And it's because we know it's, uh, it's a firm foundation, it's our hope. And um, the last point is this. This is an amazing truth. And sometimes we doubt it when we're going through things. And it's this. Your salvation, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you put your trust in him, God's love is so powerful for you that your salvation is secure. Wow. When we go through new experiences in life, it brings out lots of insecurities. We're all insecure because we're, we're, we're broken. But God wants to teach us something. Teach us something of his grace that is available through faith in him. When we recognize our weakness, that we need a God, we need a, we need a savior. And when we daily, daily choose to think on him, the Bible talks abiding in him. You know, we can become more and more confident in God and we can rest in this security. Yes, we'll always have insecurities. We'll always be tempted to think on other things. But if we focus on God and on his truth, his salvation we will not lose it because we put our trust in him. The Bible says in Romans that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we, God is faithful and he is unchanging. These are unchangeable truths that we should learn to build our lives on. They are firm and they give us hope in Jesus' name. Now, I want to end with a story, and it's a story when we got stuck once. I say we because um, we went 
on a um, some of us through, but it was um, an experience that I had that helps me remember some of these things. And a few of the guys, we decided to do a um, one of these what's called a tough mudder, and uh, we went through uh, a little bit of training beforehand, and we decided to you know you go over assault courses, you climb over things, you swing through things, you go through water, you go through uh, mud, and there was this moment where. We came to this kind of, just a small kind of uh, trough, and it was filled with mud. And the few of the guys, you know, we, we jumped in, it didn't look much. And, but as you kind of waded in, you went knee deep and then up to your waist. And as we got to our waist, it began to realize you couldn't move. We were, we were stuck. And uh, we were laughing at first. It was quite funny, you know. Um, ben himself was in there. He, you know, some of us wanted to carry on and hurry up because we were competitive, wanted a time. And Ben's just like, you know, swinging around in the mud, enjoying himself. And, but then we realized we were actually stuck. We couldn't get out. We could not move out of that mud. I mean, I've never had that experience before. You think, oh, I'm going to get... No, we're literally stuck in the mud. And um, what we realized is this, and this is what I want to finish with. You know, at times you're stuck in the mud and you can't get out by yourself. You're stuck. You need help. You know, there's going to be times over the next few weeks where people, they're stuck in their houses. They need help. They need help. They need people to help them. You know, maybe financially, maybe with, you know, with food. There's going to be people who are going to struggle with debt and we're going to have to look at ways that we can help people individually as a church, but also organizations that can help people. But, you know, also we can ask and look out for help. We can be the helpers. But ultimately, there's something else that all of us are stuck in. All of humanity is stuck in. It's the broken world that we live in. It's the sin that has entered this world. And I want to say this to you, church. And as a reminder that there's people who might be listening on, on here right now that you don't know Jesus as your saviour. You don't know the one who... It says in Psalm 40, verse 2, he lifts us out of the miry clay and puts us on a firm foundation. Only Jesus Christ can save us. Only Jesus Christ can pay for our sin. Nobody else, not each other, as kind as we are, only Jesus Christ saves. I want to say this. You're a follower of Jesus. Keep trusting him. Keep believing him. He's got your salvation. He's secure. You're secure in him. But if you're listening right now and you don't know Jesus, can I ask you, put your trust in Jesus. He died for you. He loved you. He can't love you anymore. He knows how you feel. He's been through it himself. He knows what the valley is like. He knows what the darkness is like. And he's come through the other side. Next week, I'm going to be sharing the Easter story. If you're listening today and you don't know Jesus, can I encourage you to... Yeah, come online again and listen to the story and I'll be sharing the good news and giving you opportunity to respond. There's also an opportunity online you can log on and um, if you want to respond to Jesus today, please go on there and uh, respond to him. I want to finish. I want to pray for you um, before we go. I hope those truths help you. Continue, you know, do the things that we need to do. Listen to the facts. Those things are true. Follow the right things. But also by faith, put your faith in God and on these unchangeable truths. I'll guarantee they're a firm foundation for you. Okay, let us pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone who's listening. I thank you, Jesus, that you promise that you are good, that you are faithful, that you promise to go with us, walk with us, Comfort us, care for us, 
but he also encourages that we're going to come through the other side. God, I pray that you would reassure everybody right now who's listening that God, you are good, you are faithful, and that each one of us will come through this season different people, more loving, more caring, more kind, made in the image of you. May we learn more about you in and through this in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those right now who are sick. Lord, we pray your healing hand upon them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for each one of us this morning. God, I bless them in Jesus' name. May they be reminded this week when the difficulties come that you are faithful and that your promises are a firm foundation. God, may your grace be sufficient for each one of us. May we rest in your promise. And Lord, may your peace rule in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening online. I hope you've enjoyed it. Keep connected. And um, I want to say to you, stay safe. We love you lots. God bless you all. Thank you.